Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So glad to have you on this Tuesday on the Maggie and Perloff Show. Come on in. Get comfortable. We've been talking about Jim Irsay's just bizarre press conference from yesterday. The fact that he's just, and honestly, Perloff, I guess I don't know what else you would say, but really leaning into the fact that Jeff Saturday, who's been hired as the interim coach, has no experience whatsoever. This is what he loves about him. He doesn't doesn't have the fear that other coaches have and is not going to lean on the analytics to make his decisions. Okay, I think I know what he's talking about. Take Nathaniel Hackett, okay? Yeah. He is in a decision mode in the fourth quarter, and he's looking not at what can go right, but all the things that can go wrong. And he's sort of going, he's actually coaching scared. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. we know. I think he's coaching scared. I think what Ursa is saying, that Jeff Saturday doesn't even know what he's supposed to be doing, so he's just going to go, you're right, on his gut. So, <laughs> this is a terrible <laughs> idea. But all these guys who basically... You don't really want your coach to just rely on the analytics or just to go on his gut. You want him to sort of rise above and use all his lifelong instincts on how to win football games. I do think what he's saying is a lot of guys just look at the numbers and say, well, what's it say I should do here? Yeah, well, I don't want that coach. I don't want a robot coach, but I also want somebody who's going to take the data that I'm presumably paying probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to get or paying people to procure for me. I don't want that to be totally ignored. But you, I want him to watch the game and figure out, should I go for it here? Should I not? Like, what's the strategy? I think the Giants have shown that the fact that Brian Dayball, who has tons of coaching experience but was never a head coach, he's not calling plays, so he's there to strategize. And that has been really beneficial for a Giants team that has not a lot of star power and keeps winning. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> because every it seems like every good coach is going to get screwed on some fourth quarter call. Well, that's just bound to happen. And, you know, Brandon. Just like every great quarterback yeah. throws a pick. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen as long as your well, process is good. I mean, Andy Reid is still one of the worst game managers in the league. And other than Belichick, he's the most successful guy out there. I just think that I, I kind of understood what he's saying that Brandon Staley, for example, gets too caught up in the numbers and is probably not relying on something else. I think that it, there's nothing Jim Irsay could have said yesterday that would have made the Jeff Saturday hire make sense, right? I I think the Ian Rappaport report from yesterday where he basically said he wants Jeff Saturday to like be his eyes and ears inside the organization. That's the one that makes the most sense. It's like Jeff Saturday is now a mole who is in the organization. He's come in like the Bobs. He's going to figure out who's going to get fired and who's not at the end of the year. But once again, do you need to hire that guy as the head coach? (laughs) Maybe. The Bobs came in as a consultant. <laughs> yeah, from Office Space. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Why not keep Frank Reich? So keep maybe, Marcus Brady yeah. 
But I'm not sure who the offensive line coach is. Maybe that guy steps aside and maybe bring Jeff Saturday in to coach the offensive line if you think that's what's going on. So maybe, yeah, at the end of the year, he's going to ask Jeff Saturday, hey, who do I keep here? Who do I get rid of? But to make him head coach for eight games to do that is kind of weird. You know, a lot of people have said really nice things about Jeff Saturday. And he was a center on a great team. So he might be a football savant. It's possible. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Clay is in Alabama. Hi, Clay. How are you? I'm good. You doing all right? We're doing great. What do you have? I think I got the best and worst coach, interim coach hire of all time. Is it not Ed, Ed Orgeron? Yeah. Oh, all in the same breath. In the same breath. <laughs> and always, he's the, always the best interim hire. <laughs> and I can't wait till the next time he gets hired on an interim basis. What's that bird in the background? What's going on Is that on a bird there? or a dog? I, I do construction. I'm outside. <laughs> Sounds nice, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> um, so wait, Ed O is your best one? Do you have an NFL one or just college, guys? Well, man, the, the college is uh, the only I got right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would love to, I, I'm so glad you came up with Ed O, Clay, because we have not talked about him with any college football coaching vacancies that could be coming up. His name does not come up at all. Auburn? Yeah. I mean, listen, how it ended at LSU was like peak, you know? Did somebody Clay, we talked to just call. say they saw it at Ed O at a press box this week? Uh, Yes, we were just talking to someone who told us that. That Nettie looked great and really relaxed? Yeah. Who was it? Sam, help us out here. Who were we talking to? It was to? Josh Booty. Josh Booty, right. <laughs> said he saw Edo and Edo. He told us great. that off the air. I don't know if that was supposed to go on the air, but he did say he looked good. Oh, he looked shoot. relaxed. He looked good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure teams want to hire Ed Orgeron. If Ed Orgeron can't make it work in LSU where he was born to coach. Well, he made it work. He yeah. won a national championship. It just was the flame out afterwards. That yeah, was couldn't make wild. it work. Yeah. Couldn't make it work long term. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Where does Ed Orgeron go from there? I mean, I don't know. Did. Would somebody like Auburn look at him? I mean, I don't it know. It doesn't feel right to me that it didn't work out in LSU so recently to go to Auburn. I, I mean, you're thinking about Hugh Freeze. I mean, what what did Ed O do versus oh. Hugh Freeze? Like, do you really want to start stacking up resumes here? Well, I, I mean, yeah, Hugh Freeze is. I mean, Hugh Freeze is a really good coach. No, I'm talking about maybe unsavory things on the way out. I hear you. No, no, but I think if if Ed O had was doing what Hugh Freeze was doing, yeah, people would care less about. Well, the unsavory things. That's hey. what I'm saying. I think that might be same for Ed O. Maybe, maybe not enough time has passed. No, I don't think he's considered as good a coach as Hugh Freeze. Uh, probably not. Um, okay, so we noticed something. Oh, when... that I went nice. <laughs> yeah, I, went I, I think there was, there was a Brian Kelly moment here where Perloff <laughs> yeah. tried to ingratiate himself with a caller. I think I he went why. with a Southern accent. Yeah, that guy was going so Southern. Like I, well, was he's like... from Alabama. You're not. He's not going Southern. He's just living <laughs> his life. This is yeah. what you sounded like. I do construction. I'm outside. <laughs> Sounds nice, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I hear it a little Sounds bit. Sounds nice, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. It's how you talk to people in Alabama, man. Yeah, I'm ever... sorry. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You put on a fake accent. Talk do about... you pick up the accent of whoever you're talking with? Like, if someone has, like, a French accent, you're like, oh, je vous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that caller who was just so relaxed. I know. I, I was just getting into that sort of southern syrupy mode with the... <laughs> With the crows in the background. Sounds nice, wherever you are. <laughs> what are you, Brian Kelly trying to land a recruit? <laughs> Sounds I, nice. We already know about are. your British accent. Slash Australian. 
Slash Jamaican. Slash whatever it becomes. Indian. Indian. A little bit of Russian. Yeah. yeah. A little Russian. Hello, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, okay. Well, we've already had two coaches who have been let go in the NFL. Shockingly, Jeff Saturday takes over for Frank Reich, but we've been wondering about who could be next. Now, this the obvious answer would have been Nathaniel Hackett because Nathaniel Hackett has had a really tough go here. But the Broncos are on a bye this week because they had just played in London. Yeah. They won that game by the skin of their teeth. So maybe that takes a little of the heat off of him. I think it's probably just a matter of time until the heat comes right back on Nathaniel Hackett. However, it does seem like he's going to finish out the season. Yo, you think so? Yeah, I mean, also the team has gotten a little better every week. The offense is, I, I think they've gone up in yards a lot every week. Now, and also the fourth quarter of things, he's, he was smart. That guy got help. I give him credit for <laughs> yeah, that. I, do. I actually do give him credit for that. He was way overmatched. He needed so, help. And now the thing is they traded Bradley Chubb. So yep. once you do that, does that take pressure off a of coach? Um, I mean, it's a pretty stacked defense. Once it, once you get Randy Gregory back, I think that you're going to yeah, be yeah. okay. The defense is good. The corners are good, obviously. But the defense is not going to be as good without Chubb, who is... Who's balling out. Yeah, yep. he had the third best win rate of any. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him. Again... It's a similar situation to Indianapolis. What are you trying to achieve by firing your coach? They're not going to make a playoff run. The, Indianapolis at least could have won that division. Denver right now is 3-5. and five. It's going to be tough. I don't feel a lot of pressure on him. But then again, if he lost four in a row, maybe new owners. I mean, I think there's a clear number one. I think we all do, right? Who's the number one? Josh McDaniels. You know, I would think Josh McDaniels, and he might deserve it considering how much yeah. talent is on that team and how wildly they have underachieved. I just think Mark Davis is a wild card. He's actually the anti-wild card because I think he's so loyal. I Mm. think that he would not fire McDaniels during the season. Yeah, I mean, Ursay was considered loyal too, and he never had never fired a coach mid-season. Yeah, the other thing about Mark Davis is he's been having these meetings that we've been reporting on. That seems unusual. Okay, if not, I mean, another seventeen-point lead that they blew against Jacksonville on the road. I'm sorry, Stu, to rehash that for you, but yeah, that's that's the thing. It's so dramatic the losses where all the other bad teams in the league are either trying to lose or you're not going to kill the guy. Who is is there? Anybody else that is really percolating? I think Kingsbury is another person who's that's a good one. Yeah, McDaniel's plays Jeff Saturday this week. Losing to Jeff Saturday. Would be really oh, if you lose in Jeff Saturday's coaching debut, can you even ride on the plane home? Wait, I'm sorry, that game's in Vegas. Yeah, can you can you even get a an Uber home? Um, that, that do you get fired that, after that if you lose to Jeff Saturday? Yeah, well, and Cliff is an interesting one too. What are the Cardinals trying to achieve? I'm not sure. Does it help them to fire in midseason? I always get confused when coaches are get fired midseason. Is it because they think they still make a run at the playoffs, or just because they want to send a message that I, losing is not acceptable? I think here? every situation's different. Yeah. I think for the Cardinals, if they fired them, it's because they think they want to make the playoffs and they feel like they have an outside shot to make the playoffs. But it's going to be tough. Is there a team that looks like less fun to play for than the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I know guys get into it on the sideline, and, like, you don't want to judge someone during the game. Is like, you know, tensions are high, but that's all we have. I know they're doing hard knocks, like, midseason, I guess, for the Cardinals. Maybe we'll get a little more from that, but it looks like no fun to be on that team. Yeah, I'm... I point to the quarterback a little bit for that. I mean, his body language stinks, but it always has. Yeah, and him yelling at DeAndre Hopkins—that there's obviously a problem there. DeAndre Hopkins is pretty much the reason that he got a hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if you blame Cliff directly for that. Cliff seems like he's not a 
a yell at guy. He's a friendly yeah. to everybody, nice guy. Maybe that style is not what they need right now. But Cliff Kyler's seems fun. Cliff, Ky- seems Cliff, fun. Cliff goes to Vegas on the weekend. Yeah, I think the, I think the to, players love him. Like they're all the same age, basically. He's yeah. like probably older than half the play. Not half, but yeah, I, I think he's forty something now. He's yeah. gotten a little bit older, but. Maybe that's not what the team needs. So maybe if you get rid of him and Wait, you bring... Wait, did you say he goes to Vegas on the weekends? Yeah, he's famous. He goes to Vegas and parties every weekend. Everyone. I thought he coaches on the weekends. Isn't that when your job is on the weekends? He goes to Vegas. I, I had well, no idea. Not, <laughs> maybe not during the football season. Not, maybe it was during the college football. Yeah, like everybody knows about Cliff in Vegas, right? That That's a I didn't think it was, but thing. not during the season. Well, whatever. He, he likes to party. Obviously, on Sunday, he's not going to Vegas. <laughs> I was like, wait, is he coming in like, set, you know, pull an all-nighter in Vegas Saturday night, show up Sunday morning? Now, I believe Cliff Kingsbury is still single, right? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah. still, you still have, I doubt he's going to Vegas during the season. He'd be, that'd be insane. Well, okay. Maybe on the bye week, but not like on the regular. Right, but he's famous for sort of being a social guy. He's okay. a young social guy. I think he he used to go from Lubbock to Vegas a lot. <laughs> he was known <laughs> well, to be Well, that seen. I probably can't blame Yeah, like his social life was not in wherever, Central Texas. It was in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know now that he's in Arizona. I mean, actually, it's not that hard. How far, Mike, how <laughs> far is Phoenix from Vegas? what we're talking about, though. This is a team that just gave their quarterback so much money, $100 million. I mean... They were a playoff team last year. I know they got smoked in the playoff game, but you had to think this team was going to be on the ascent. You finally get DeAndre Hopkins oh. back. You traded for Hollywood wait, Brown. Wait, wait, wait. Who thought they were on the ascent? Did you pick them to go to the playoffs? Um, I might have. I didn't think Seattle was going to be good. No, so but, I totally whiffed on that. But, I mean, nobody thought with the six-game suspension of Hopkins that they had a prayer. I, I think. Well, no, remember, it was he, they're getting him back for the second half of the season. Yeah. So maybe it will help with those second half swoons that they usually have. But I think we all looked at the schedule. They had a ridiculous first half of the schedule with no Hopkins. There's no way they were coming out. They're not a great team. Yeah, but they're not even fully out of it right now. Like, if you no. actually, they're, they're within striking distance still of the playoffs. I three mean, they're and five. three and five. Yeah, I think now that they have Hopkins back, they're clearly a better team. I mean, they've been in these games. Yeah. They, uh, so. I, I think Although it's I had unfair. no confidence they were going to beat Seattle. I wish I had yeah. bet that game. They're, I don't think anybody really predicted much from them this year. I didn't see anyone saying they were going to take a step up from last year. They're, just, they're not that good. I, I think a lot of it's on the GM. I don't think it's all on Cliff. And I do think they'll probably end up firing Cliff Kingsbury. But I don't think the next coach is taking over some great situation. Well, that's because the GM there is like Teflon. But let's go to <laughs> Don in Pennsylvania. Hey, Don, how's it going? Good. How are you, Maggie? I'm doing great. You got a theory for hey. us on the Jeff Saturday hire. Yeah, I was telling the other guy, I just, I know it's kind of conspiracy or, you know, kind of out there, but what if they hired him to be almost like an undercover boss to kind of scout out who would be the best interior person to be the future coach there? Is he, I mean, he's already a consultant for the Colts. Right. Yeah, why did he hire him to be the head coach to do that? Couldn't they have just hired him as an assistant coach? Yeah, I mean, Donna, thank you for the call. I agree with that because have you ever, like, in your office or wherever you work, construction, it doesn't matter, wherever you work, right? The higher up you go on the food chain, the more people lie to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody tells the truth to the boss. No, no, and nobody's themselves, like... (laughs) 
The boss never has any idea what's going on. They are the most <laughs> clueless person in the entire office. Right. Like, I remember Andrew Brandt, who was uh, front office for the Packers forever, right? He, we, he would talk about how they scouted college players. Yeah. And, yeah, you talk to the head coach. Sure. You got to talk to the – Yeah, But nothing. you talk to the strength and conditioning guy. You're talking to the bartenders who are downtown where the bars are. You're not talking to – the president of the school to try yeah. to understand what Bryce Young is like. Like you're a totally out of your league. A hundred percent. Right. So if Jeff Saturday really is the mole, which I actually do like that as a theory, but they went about it all wrong. You don't make them the head coach where everybody's on their best behavior and totally putting on a facade. You make him like an assistant offensive line coach and maybe people like uh, actually, you know, confide in him. Well, considering that they wouldn't even hire an interim coach from the staff, the odds of them hiring somebody from that staff to take over next year or zero percent. Yeah, zero. I think the they, whole staff might. They, this they, is not a good sign by for way, that staff. Remember, this is an organization that tried to hire Josh McDaniels. So yeah, they might not them. know exactly what they're doing when it comes to head coaches. Meanwhile, he spurned them, and Frank Reich at least has two playoff appearances. Yeah. I know they lost in the first, and, you know, they, they haven't uh, didn't have a playoff win under Frank Reich, but two out of four years he did make the playoffs. Yeah. Josh McDaniels looks like a house on fire. They might not have even been a playoff team. No, absolutely not. And they don't have the quarterback solved. Again, comes down to the GM. Now, the GM, I like Chris Ballard. He's made a lot of good picks. He just hasn't gotten the quarterback right. Yeah, it I seems like a big butt. Yeah, like, but I it, like him, but he didn't get the quarterback. That's a huge butt when you're. that's your job I mean, as a GM. I, I keep coming back to show me the pick where he was supposed to get a quarterback. Don't say Jalen Hurts. I'm saying Jalen Hurts. Why can't I say Jalen Hurts? <laughs> because Jalen Hurts went 54th. Are you going to rip all the other teams? 54th. The Eagle, are you, you going to rip the Eagles saying they should have taken him in the first round? No, the Eagles have him. So like maybe that's their own scouting process. They should have taken him higher. But that was a delicate situation for Philly because yeah. they also had Carson Wentz there. Well, I mean, that's like calling. That's what gets back to the old argument. Everyone says the Seahawks were geniuses to take Russell Wilson in the third round. Well, they were dumb enough to pass on him twice. Well, yes. And the same with the Patriots passed on Tom Brady six times before they, they drafted him. I don't know. It, it is hard. It's hard when your franchise quarterback goes away. I think we've gotten spoiled by some franchises. Look at the Patriots. You know, you think this is going to be easy to find Tom Brady's successor? Look at the Packers. You think it's going to be easy to find Aaron Rodgers' successor? It takes a lot of time. It's not easy. I know, but I, as much as I didn't like the Jordan Love pick and how they did it, I actually give them credit for trying. I don't Ooh. know if Mac Jones is going to be good. I give them credit for trying to find the successor. that They haven't even tried in Indy. Well, they've been trying to string together these Pro Bowl-level veterans. That's And they got into two playoff runs. It's not the worst. It's a strategy. Yeah. I don't, it's not the greatest <laughs> but it, strategy. It, but it's left them here now with nothing. It has left them. But it, that's where they sort of started out. When Andrew Luck retired, they had nothing. They had, they had Jacoby Brissett. It was a really, really tough situation. And the problem is they're just too good. They got a tank. And now they're tanking. So you should be happy. No, I'm just, I think, I look at it as time wasted. And by the way, what about that? Uh, I know Justin Fields had a great day. But what if they had gotten their quarterback in 2021? It would have been bad news. <laughs> Yeah, with the the Trevor Lawrence Trevor class, Lawrence which, class is, which is, is not shaping looking up, good, it's shaping up to be terrible. So you know, you never want, know what can go wrong. You're right. Of course, they should have taken a shot at a quarterback, but it's not easy to to find these guys. I get it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Coming up, Maggie's top five quarterbacks of the moment with a special twist. NFL quarterbacks, that is. We get to it in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're back on maggie and perloff you know i noticed something last night in the Ravens saints game maggie what's up it's 27 13 the ravens are up the game's pretty much over fourth quarter there's about eight minutes left the Saints score a fluke touchdown yep. to make it at least, I guess, a game. So the Ravens have to kill a little clock. They call immediately two run plays for Lamar Jackson in a row. There's a time, I'm old enough to remember, when <laughs> the NFL teams protected their quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. and didn't just decide, hey, we really need a first down here, even though it's a 14-point lead. Protecting Lamar Jackson is not even an issue anymore. It's not even, I don't think it's thought of in the slight, I think they give 0% thought to that. Do you think it's because, why do you think? Do you have a theory? I think it's just because he's so elusive, he doesn't get hit. It's not like Josh Allen, who's like leaning into the punishment, trying to yes. dole out the punishment. Lamar's way more elusive. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I mean, you could, a cynic would say they don't have him under contract, they don't care if he gets hurt. Oh. I don't think that's the case. I think it's the way he, his style of running, he's so slippery that he can avoid big hits. Also, obviously, the Saints have nobody who hits on defense. They, except for Cam Jordan, yeah. who's a defensive end. They don't have a single thumper anywhere there, and their starting linebacker got hurt in the second quarter. So they were basically a down a man. But it is interesting. This is, to me, the most important trend in the NFL is these running quarterbacks. I mean, I know I'm about four years behind the curve here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, are you new around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're all doing now, Perloff. Yes. But it just feels like the trend continues this year. Well, that leads right into Maggie's top five for the week, my top five quarterbacks of the moment with a twist. This week, it's Maggie's top five running quarterbacks in the NFL. Top five running quarterbacks okay. in the NFL. Now, I assume when you list them, the criteria is going to come out. Does that mean they're the best runners? They're the best running quarterbacks? Explain. 
Well, you just did it. They're the best running quarterback. No, I mean... So, is combination it, uh, of run and arm. Right. Does that mean that they're best the best runners, or does that mean that they're the best overall players who happen to run? <laughs> um, <laughs> does that... That doesn't make any sense. Like, Tim Tebow was an amazing running quarterback. He, he would have run. not made this list. He could run really well. Yes. But he couldn't do the other quarterback thing. Tim Tebow would have not made this list today. So, does that inform what you're saying? You have to run and also have a good arm. Yes, that's what I'm asking. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, right, okay. Yes, best running quarterbacks of the moment. Of the moment. What if they run really well, but they have no arm? <laughs> that they're not on the list. So, I didn't think this was going to be that difficult. The criteria is running quarterback. Of the moment. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> well, yeah, like Lamar Jackson didn't throw it all last night, and he ran really well. Yeah. So why does that make him? The all right, sit back and relax. Top five, Maggie's top five running quarterbacks of the moment. Number five, Kyler Murray. Now, I know much maligned for some bad body language. The team doesn't win a lot. But if you watch Kyler Murray, the his ability to run at any time, and his arm is huge. So Kyler Murray, there's a lot of things wrong with Arizona, but him as a running quarterback is not one of them. Kyler Murray, fifth on the list. All right. <laughs> Okay. It's a lot of negative mojo around him right now. I get that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of no, him being probably, a running quarterback, you're probably he's right. really good. You're probably right, but it feels like, I don't know, I almost wish you could leave him off the list because there's so much negative energy around that team. Listen, I got to be fair here. I'm yeah, he's a great running quarterback, but what about all the other things like leadership? and? Uh, this is not a leadership list. Maybe we'll do that next week. Well, that's part of being a quarterback. Go ahead. Okay. Number four on the list. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an excellent, excellent quarterback, and he's an excellent running quarterback. Jalen Hurts is fourth on the list. Okay. Number three. Seems a little low, but for, <laughs> number, as an Eagles fan. Of the moment. I mean, were they? No, they were a Thursday night. I was yeah, like, were they no, on the feels, bye? I'm like, no. It was a Thursday night was game Thursday. against Texas. Feels like they haven't played in three weeks. Yeah, but. seriously. Number three on the list. Got to be Josh Allen. Still waiting what's going to go on with his elbow. But Josh Allen inflicts punishment. The touchdown that he had against the Jets for, like, when he ran it in from, like, 17 yards out or whatever it was, he ends up, like, basically on his head doing some, like, cheerleader jumping jack moves or whatever. He's amazing. Do He's you want, number now, three. Here's an important question. As a Bills fan, do you want him that high on the list I wish as a he running was, I wish he was not even on this list. You wish he was eighth, right? <laughs> but I realize that they can't win games unless he runs the ball and has that in his toolbox. So, Josh Allen's number three on the list. Number two on the list is Lamar Jackson. Didn't throw a lot last night. Obviously, who would he be throwing to? Mark Andrews is out. Bateman's out for the year. Doesn't have a lot of weapons. Touchdown to likely. But he doesn't have a lot of weapons right now. But Lamar Jackson is unreal. Running quarterbacks, he's number two. And then the number one running quarterback of the moment in the NFL is Justin Fields. In a loss to the Miami Dolphins, doesn't matter. Sets a record for regular season rushing yards by a quarterback. Has a good arm. Doesn't have a lot of good weapons. Is now establishing himself as possibly the best quarterback from the 2021 class. If Unless Trevor Lawrence wants to have a say in this conversation. Justin Fields is the number one running quarterback of the moment. Fair. Yeah, I mean, of the moment really gives Justin Fields the, the edge, right? Because that was spectacular against Miami. Now, the, the problem is... We really don't know what kind of passer he is. I think he's had 200 yards once all season. That's kind of, so I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. Getting Claypool is a nice addition. Are we going to know what kind of quarterback Justin, even though all the hype now, if all he can do is run and they have no passing offense, yeah, 
I, I don't really know where to go with this team. A lot well, of people are excited about them, but it seems to me that he's really just a runner right now. I would say look at all of the progress he's made from week one to week nine. Let's see what he does from week 10 to week 17 mm-hmm. because obviously there's a lot to this guy's game that we haven't seen yet. And it's been fun to watch the last couple weeks. Can I give you also receiving votes? Yeah, let's hear it. Also receiving votes for top running quarterbacks of the moment, Daniel Jones. Giants are on a bye, so it's kind of hard. Taysom Hill. Yeah, I and love him. Malik Willis, yep. who's not so much of a thrower <laughs> right now, just a runner. That's why I couldn't put him on the list. And then someone who I wished had received votes but didn't, Russell Wilson. I yeah. wish that he was a running quarterback, more of a running quarterback, but he's not. You know who could have gotten there if they had won and they should have won on Sunday? Marcus Mariota. He's really, yes. he's a really good runner. He's a great running quarterback. You're right. Um, also receiving votes. Let me put him on. Yeah, I feel like the the problem is Atlanta for a moment seemed like they were going to be a real team. Yeah, but, but they're it, not. No. So it doesn't matter. A guy like Mariota, he might run, but they're not really impactful. Yeah, I still give him more of a TBD. All the hype on Justin Fields because we love young quarterbacks. Love him. And you beat Belichick and Foxborough, and it just started from there. You held your own against Dallas. Now we see what happened against Miami. You held your own. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of hype. A lot of hype, but that's what we do. It's a very national team. (laughs) Let's go to Gerald. He's in Texas. Gerald, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are y'all? We're doing great. What do you have on your mind? Right. I just wanted to weigh in on something uh, that you said today as far as the quarterbacks. I was waiting and... I was like, man, she's not going to name Fields because I thought he was number one. And then Tayson Hill, of course, I thought he's number two. Uh, but anyway, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about yesterday. Yeah. Uh, your, 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 your buddy was talking about LSU. If they beat Georgia, they should be in the final four. Come on, guy. <laughs> you know they're not going to beat Georgia. Plus, they're not even as good as any one of the – one loss teams or any of the no loss teams. I was saying, Gerald. I was saying that. I think. Yeah. Yesterday. I mean, we've had this argument where Maggie was trying to convince me that LSU still had a shot, and I said, not only are they not getting the SEC title game, if they get there, they're going to lose by four touchdowns. No, Gerald. I think what we said was, if LSU wins the SEC championship, if they go, if by somehow some stroke of luck that they would beat Georgia, they would be in the college football playoff. That's all we were saying. If, if, no if. Way. Well, no way. I know, but like, you know, we're playing the what-if game, you know? Actually, Gerald, I think the, the next two games, well, actually, I guess they have another one. Yeah, the three games left. So, next, they have really tough road games. I, I'm not sure, LSU, they're only three-point favorites next week. I, I don't know. It might, they might not make this. If Ole Miss, if Alabama gives up on the season and loses Ole Miss, then it might not even be LSU in the title game. There's so much football left. You but, think Alabama would give up on a season? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, so... Gerald, thank you for the call. Hope we set that straight for you. I've been hearing... There's a season where everyone is comparing this Alabama season to where they lost... They got out of... The, how many times did they miss the Final Four now? Is this their second time? Where the other time they missed it, basically they kind of... Just it packed in. it in? I just don't... I don't know what the... They're not that good a team, first of all. Yeah, and... This is, they're playing a top 10 team. They're number, what is it, Ole Miss 11? Something so, like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's very possible that they lose this game, of course. No, it's possible they lose this game. I'm saying you think they would pack it in. Like, we would noticeably see Alabama quiet quit. I, I don't see that happen. Well, this is, they only have, they have what, what do they have left? They have Ole Miss and, and Auburn, and I think a Patsy. 
So it really only matters this game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That we're, are we going to get Alabama? Like, do you think guys level? are not going to play because they're getting ready for the NFL, like that kind of thing? No, I just think the the incentive, the fire, the juice is probably gone now. Don't you think? I mean, do you expect Alabama? Maybe they'll kill Ole Miss. They probably should. They're way more talented. But no, I don't see like Alabama coming out with their best game. If they're not playing for anything, what do they care? Well, I mean, because you still have pride, integrity, and you know you're going to be playing for a bowl game. Obviously, well, not not the college football playoff, but you're going to be playing for another bowl. I don't know how many guys going to the NFL are going to play in that anyway, but... So they have Mississippi this week, then they have Austin P, and then they and fight with, with Iron Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, Auburn is you, obviously down. It doesn't really matter. There's only one real game left. The bowl game means nothing. So Yeah, but you can't lose to Auburn when you're Alabama. That's a that's a blood feud. But the real question is, will they lose? And also, Auburn is... Not, I know, Auburn is obviously has their own issues. So... Are we really? Are they going to be super fired up for Mississippi? Or if think about it, if you were Alabama, wouldn't you be really, really deflated right now? Yeah, but that's also like just because things don't go your way, take your ball and go home. I mean, you know, don't you we're want to finish about, out the try to finish out the season strong and then go to a bowl game and put on a good performance? They'd actually care zero percent about the bowl game and putting on a good performance. Does that mean anything? I mean, I don't know. Do, do you think it means something to Nick Saban? Nothing. I think the bowl game, the non-BCS bowl you, game. Means less than nothing. Nick Saban wouldn't want to lose a game of checkers to you and me. I think if it was up to Nick Saban, he would not play in that game. If he had a choice. Hmm. If yeah. it's not the college football playoff, I don't want to play at all. Like what Notre a Dame. loser's mentality that would be. Nick Saban doesn't have that mentality. Like Notre Dame used to do. Like say no to, yeah, no. But are you kidding me? You think he would want to go? What bowl will it be? Like the uh, Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl? What, <laughs> what the heck would he want to go in a non-BCS bowl game for? What's up with that? <laughs> BCS bowl? He would do it to get the practice, but he's no. They, I don't think to be a non-BCS bowl game. What the heck is he going to care about? These bowls are the most meaningless things on earth. Now they have the Final Four, but they're even more meaningless to Alabama because they are more the most Final Four bus team there is. I just don't see it. If see, that feels out of character for Nick Saban. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, coming up, we're going to try to get to the bottom of what is going on in Indianapolis. Bizarre hire. We're still trying to figure out the why of the Jeff Saturday hire. Peter King, NBC Sports, of course, he's football morning in America, one of the preeminent football writers in the country. He's going to join us next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff after this. CBS Sports update from Rich Ackerman. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Glad to have you on this Tuesday. Coming up in just a moment, Peter King's going to join us. Football morning in America, of course, NBC Sports as well. Because we're still trying to understand what's going on in Indianapolis. And I know, Perloff, you said it's a fool's errand to try to really understand Jim Irsay. Well, I, I not to say understand Jim Irsay. Understand this decision to pull a guy out of the booth to be the head coach midway through the season is, is unprecedented, to say the least, as far as I know. Yeah, it's something that's been... Just bizarre. Um, It also looks like there's an update to this story where they have decided on a play caller. Uh, The play caller is the... 
Oh, you said his name earlier. It sounded like a, his name a made-up is name. <laughs> Parks like Frazier. Yeah, yeah, Pardon yeah. me. His name is Parks Frazier. He's a young former uh, quarterback, I think, at Murray State. Oh, yeah. He was great <laughs> at Murray State. I know. You were probably had him on one of your... He was so, your guy back then. You had a, a lot of guys. Do we know what his job was with the Colts? Yeah, so he's been on the staff for at least five years. He's been like an offensive assistant. He's been like a quality control. All these types of jobs, just kind of like doing things on the offensive side. But as far as we can tell, clearly never been a play caller because he's been there since Frank Reich has been there. And Frank Reich has always been the play caller. So he's <laughs> he just Jump right 30. in there, buddy. Just turned 30. <laughs> Now that I get because the young play callers is a that's trend. the thing now yeah, yeah. the Kellen Moores and but stuff. this guy Kellen Moore was at least famous in college so I don't know <laughs> if this guy really deserved the job yeah I don't see this going definitely well in Indianapolis but I think it actually works out well for Jeff Saturday and everyone because the expectations are low the expectations are low okay it's one thing for the expectations to be low but you don't want to be a complete embarrassment though nobody wants to be an embarrassment. There is a glimmer, like Jeff Saturday might be delusional, but he took this job probably thinking, man, like this could be my opportunity. He probably fancies, he obviously thinks he has what it takes to coach. Now he wants to find out. It's one thing about having no expectations. It's the other for something to like blow up kind of spectacularly, well, spectacularly, which you don't want. Well, that's true. I understand what you're saying. But Carolina, what were their expectations when they fired Matt Rule and traded Christian McCaffrey? So they lowered the bar successfully. I understand what you're saying. Bringing in a, a, a yeah, TV s- celebrity is probably Steve- putting too much attention on you. <laughs> also, Steve Wilkes like didn't win a Super Bowl with the Panthers. You know, it's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, I hear what you're or saying. Saturday is like a, he's a legend there. So you think because Jeff Saturday has a lot of name recognition there, got a lot of name recognition from being on TV, he was linked to Peyton Manning, that maybe this is not the smartest move because say you're going to lose your, the rest of your ske- schedule. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of negative attention here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. This is it's it's almost like with Steve Wilkes and the Panthers. We talked about a little when PJ Walker yeah. had a nice game, but beyond that, we're not really okay. Got let's it. welcome in Peter Peter King, Football Morning in America, of course NBC Sports, and one of our dear friends. Peter, make sense of this. Why is Jeff Saturday the interim head coach for the Colts? Because Jimmy Irsay loves him. He didn't love anybody else on his staff. He didn't want to just rehash. Uh, you know, old times with either John Fox or uh, Gus Bradley. Um, You can't underestimate, Maggie, how much or overestimate whatever cliche I'm going to use here, how much Jimmy Ursay really likes Jeff Saturday. Yes. I mean, go go back in time. You know, Jeff Saturday, there's a great NFL films clip of Jeff Saturday arguing tooth and nail on the sidelines with Peyton Manning. I mean, has Tom Brady's center ever done that with him? No. Uh, has Drew Brees' center ever done that with him? No. Uh, but Jeff Saturday argued with, with Peyton Manning. Jeff Saturday, you know, I think has a tremendous res- amount of respect with players around the league, not current ones, but players around the league because of his role in that, uh, in the negotiations back in 2011. Uh, you know, one late, late one night during those negotiations right near the end in the corner of a, of a lounge in a hotel in Washington D.C. alone, or Jeff Saturday and Roger Goodell. He's a he's a he's a significantly uh, kind of in his own way powerful guy, very well respected. And I think Ursay is gambling basically that he can uh, convince players 
and he can convince some skeptical coaches that um, he's going to be able to lead this team. Obviously, on paper, is a totally preposterous move. <laughs> probably, mo- probably more than just on paper. Yeah. But again, I think Jimmy Ursay is just thinking, I am not doing what everybody else is doing and mailing in this season. I've wanted to hire Jeff Saturday on my staff twice, so now I got a chance. What is the rest of this season? It's meaningless. Now I got a chance to hire him and maybe have him really do some good. So we'll see. Peter, you think he has a chance to do enough to get the job next year? I doubt it, especially when you look at uh, the schedule. I mean, Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota, uh, and whatever you think of the Giants. I mean, they they really have a tough schedule. And so, you know, the games in Dallas, Minnesota, the game against Dallas, Minnesota, and the Giants are all on the road. Mm. So... I don't know where the winds are, quite frankly, um, Andrew. I do remember now that image of Robert Kraft hugging Jeff Saturday yeah. after oh, those yeah. negotiations, and I thought it was because the owners had fleeced the players so badly in that negotiation <laughs> that Robert Kraft was like crying tears of joy because it probably made him another billion dollars. Uh, Peter, we only we don't have that much time with you, so just a, a couple more because we're going to be up yeah. against a break. But um, I'm freaking out over Josh Allen's elbow. How much should I be freaking out, and what could an elbow injury for him do to the rest of the AFC? It would basically open it up to the fact that now, if he is going to miss some time with his elbow, and I don't know what's going to happen with his elbow, um, if he's going to miss some time, Maggie, you've got two teams in their own division who right now are a half game out, and both are killing the Bills in division record. Everybody says, well, you know, tiebreaker is great because Buffalo has tiebreaker over Kansas City. That may not matter. The, the Jets and Miami also have six wins, as does Buffalo. Buffalo's 0-2 in the division. Jets and Miami are both 2-1. and And Buffalo doesn't play another division game until December. So, you know, to be without Josh Allen for any length of time, especially, you know, when they've got – Minnesota coming up when they're at New England. They've got the Jets coming back. They got Miami coming back all like in the next five weeks. It's they they that could be a tough injury. Now I will say this, Maggie, Case Keenum, I want him in my building in big games in December if I have to have a backup quarterback. He's played in those games, he's won those games, and he's thrown to Stephon Diggs in those games. Absolutely. Peter, maybe you can help settle a little show debate. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers a lot, as usual. Any chance you think that Aaron Rodgers is traded maybe post-June 1 next season? Very doubtful, Andrew, but not impossible. I don't put anything. This has been such a weird year for Green Bay, and it goes beyond 3-6. and six. It's the fact that the general manager didn't go out and do anything at the trading deadline, even though that uh, he went out, I guess, and told everybody how many te- how many players he was close to trading for. <laughs> and it's the classic thing, cl- close counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Right. And, uh, you know, look, it, that was that's ridiculous to try to claim how close you got, you know, to so many trades. But it isn't only that. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to be the guy who next offseason 
is going to put the time in the off-season program to fix everything and make it right. If I am Matt LaFleur, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. If you're out of it, if you're four and eleven, let's say, or four and ten, you know, and you got three games left at Miami, Minnesota at home, Detroit at home, I'm playing Jordan Love. You got to figure out what you have eventually. Listen, Peter, this was a quick one. We'll have to get you back on again soon. We've ran out of time. Thank you for doing this. We know these are super busy days for you, and we will promise we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Maggie. Call anytime, and I'm sorry I was late. <laughs> all good, all no good. Problem, we appreciate that. I mean, a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I feel like we're getting momentum on this show and elsewhere to really start looking Jordan Love this season. I got to tell you, I'm sick of watching Aaron Rodgers score <laughs> 11 points in a game. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little Jordan Love juice. Let's let's do it, Maggie. Can we make this happen? You know, I'm not with you on that. I'm yeah. not there yet. I'm oh. not. I'm not there yet. With oh, I will just want to see. You can't even say the rookie. What is he? He's in his third year now. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I'm, I'm not that interested right now. But I understand why the Green Bay fan you, base might. Be. Are you interested in a 15-9 loss to the Lions? No, I am not. Especially because I bet the Packers in that game like an <laughs> idiot. Oh, well, they have, they should have won that game by 21 points. I, I was like three and a half or whatever the spread was like three oh, and a half. You, oh my gosh. There's no way the Packers lose five in a row. What was your, was give wrong. me a real time reaction when he was trying to throw to Bakhtiari and he threw the interception. Just curses. <laughs> curses. Curse yeah. words <laughs> leaving my mouth at a rapid rate. Bakhtiari, he's on left tackle. What the bleep are you doing? <laughs> I'm sure that was mild compared to what was going on in Green Bay. Coming up, the next star to wear the star in Dallas. We've got that for you. Plus, we're going to predict the big headline that's going to come out of the college football playoff rankings tonight. Don't move. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.